You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 176. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From So Ready to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am an addiction recovery. I am loving these latest podcasts. Today, we are going to discuss your ways to set higher standards. We are going to absolutely dive into this. We're going to go through nine. These are the nine that um, I recently grabbed out of the book by author Ed Millette. I talked about him last week whenever I was discussing the book, The Power of One More. I used to call it the One More Thing, but that's only because I read the one thing right before I read this. And so it's you have the one thing, and then it's the power of one more. So you do one thing, and then you do one more. <laughs> that's oversimplification right there. Um, there is actually a, a YouTube channel. I think it's called Oversimplified, and this guy goes over old historical events, and he does it with these very uh, just rudimentary cartoon characters, and he throws in some seriously funny humor and aside to them. And I, I absolutely love these. I've watched like as many of them as possible. I almost said twenty or thirty. I'm not even sure if that's accurate enough. I'd say I've watched his whole catalog almost twice. I am. Just so into YouTube right now when it comes to like learning and uh, learning new things and learning about history. It's it's my new thing. Um, when I lived with uh, my coworker, my business partner, Tom, in his house with his wife, Vicky, for the last seven months before I moved in with my girlfriend here, um, he loved watching YouTube. And so we would sit there night after night and he would show, he was big into like outdoor survival life skill kind of videos. And I realized that there is just a cornucopia of videos of really cool, well put together stuff. Like it is, you could literally never watch anything other than YouTube and always be entertained. And I didn't know that up until, you know, I mean, I knew that those videos existed per se, but mostly I was a music video, go there to find really cool music, uh, learn new, new, you know, uh, tricks to working out. Um, if I'm doing something on the computer and I don't understand software, I just go over to YouTube and Google Final Cut Pro, how to make a jump cut, and you know, then it shows me. So never really utilized it the way that I'm currently utilizing it. And uh, so I've di- been diving into history and learning things. Like I recently learned that Las Vegas recycles not it, not only all of its water, but it recycles its water so well that it actually puts more water back into uh, Lake Mead and Colorado River than it takes out, which I don't really know how you do that. How do you take out, let's say, 10 gallons of water and put back in 10.1 gallons of water, but they have somehow done it. So I did not realize that Las Vegas, um, it recycles every single drop of water that it uses in the entire city. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. Did not know that. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. So when people say that the West is losing water because Vegas, uh, it might be losing electricity energy because of Vegas. But when it comes to water, apparently they recycle all their water. Um, and so, again, I just why I'm bringing that up, I have no idea. I just really love learning. And I just recently have been diving into all this cool historical learning information on YouTube. So if you're ever just sitting there and you're tired of scrolling around on social media, Go type in some really cool topics into YouTube, and there will be somebody out there who has created a really awesome professional video. Heck, you can learn neuro-linguistic programming. Um, Not the way I teach it, but you can certainly learn it to a certain extent on YouTube. 
So when you start to think about setting standards for yourself, let's, let's see if I can make this segue happen. If your old standard was just sitting there watching mindless dribble, you know, channel surfing all the time, a new standard in your life could be learning something really cool each day, and you could go and you could you utilize YouTube in order to do this. And no, I have not been paid at all by any of these things I've mentioned to, to talk about it. I just simply think that when you go to set new standards for your life that will help you achieve your goals, it's going to come down to learning new skills. It's going to come down to learning new things that will expand your mind beyond where it's currently at. My word for last year was relentless. My word for this year is expansion. And so everything I do is in the can, is in the standard and goal-driven idea of expansion. Is this going to expand me or is this going to contract me? I'm very mindful of that when I make the decisions that I do. When I became a CPRS for Tennessee and Alabama, when I joined the board of Friends of uh, Fora, Friends of Recovery Alabama, you know, the more I get involved in other um, addiction recovery organizations and the more I go to these treatment centers, it's about expansion. And I want you to expand your life as well. And in order to expand your life, you're going to want to shift the standards that are driving you. These are going to be attached to your values, your opinions, your beliefs of who you are. So when day one, when you first start getting sober, you may not honestly truly believe that you deserve a better life. It might take raising the standards of the people you have around you. So you have people who have been in a similar position to you who can say, hey, I have a similar story. You're absolutely worthy of a better life because I didn't think I was, but now I have one. And boy, I'll tell you what, it's a lot better over here in this mindset world than the mindset world you're currently in. So if you don't think you're worthy, find people who will prop you up until you start to realize you are. That is a standard to have, and it's on this list, and we'll get into it here in a minute. So when you go to set your goals, you're setting your goals as the version you are today, knowing that you're going to grow and evolve, and then your goals are going to shift with you. I didn't have the goal to be a top 10 podcaster, to be you know a nationwide speaker, to have gone to over 200 places to speak and all this rigmarole and the, the book and all that. That wasn't what I was thinking day one. I wasn't even that I was thinking day 90, let alone day 180. It all began to just take shape. And as new opportunities were introduced to me, I learned new skills and new ta- and took on new talents in order to make them achievable. And I raised my standards. This is how I find myself in my office on a Tuesday night at 11.32 p.m. working on podcasts. Because my standard is to make sure that I get these podcasts out um, at a really good time and make sure that they're available and that they're really well thought out with good notes. And I'm Again, raising my standard of not rambling so much, which I may or may not have been accomplishing for the last seven minutes. When you raise your standards, your life raises with them. So let's talk about nine ways to set higher standards, because these will absolutely change the quality of your life. And the first one is one that you will absolutely be familiar with. People have been talking about it for years, let alone when you step into sobriety. And it's understanding your why. What is the motivation you are using to quit alcohol? And we're going to go back to what we did last week. We're just going to use alcohol as this big, broad word for all the addictions. So it could be porn. It could be food. It could be heroin and meth, coke. It could be whatever it is. We're just going to use alcohol to make it real simple to follow. So you want to quit alcohol. Why? It's one thing to say, I just, I don't want to be drunk anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. 
But it's another thing to say, I want to stop drinking alcohol so I can, you know, recommit to being a good father or mother, so I can recommit to my partner, so that I can put $10,000 in the bank and take my family on a really awesome vacation to Europe, so that I can start building up my 401k and I can retire at 62. These are very specific goals, right? You want to understand your why. What is your motivation? Because the stronger and the more specific your goals are, right, your, your motivation for why you're doing this, then you can fall back on that on those off days. When you might be compelled to go back to your previous life, you can say, no, no, my why here is bigger than just five minutes of a line or, or an hour of drinking beer. My why is so big that it trumps any of this other stuff that's going on in my life. I, my emotions and thoughts are sending me down a spiral, but you know what? I can always latch on to my why. Five and a half years in, I've put the drinking and the drugging to bed, but it doesn't mean that I still don't fall back into some of my old, you know, previously held beliefs and behaviors of old Jesse. You know, shutting myself off and isolating myself whenever my girlfriend gets mad at me, yelling back at her and, you know, behaving the same way she's behaving towards me. That doesn't work, right? Yelling begets more yelling. So I have to raise my standards and understand my why for talking to her uh, more healthily and more lovingly is, is it's less for her and more for who I want to be as a person. That's my why. I want to be my highest sense of self. I want to absolutely step into the tenacious embodiment of this moralistic and, and, and higher sense of self version of me that I've, I've created in my head that each and every day my actions go and set down upon creating. So what is your why? What is your motivation? You want to make sure it's internalized for you because if you're looking for external motivation and somebody doesn't give you a pat on the back or somebody doesn't give you that feedback that you desire, you might be tempted to say, well, I was doing this for my partner, but she doesn't even seem to care today. So screw her. I'm going to show up completely wasted with, you know, stripper perfume, you know, emanating off of my clothing because screw her. She doesn't care. I'm sober. Then I'll show her. That's not going to work for anybody. That's why you want your motivation to be internal. Why are you doing it for yourself? If it's to build a better relationship with your kids, that's great. Understanding that kids are kids and they're not every single day going to want you around. But if you know that when they do want you around, that you are showing up as the highest version of yourself rather than the off chance they might find you drunk, congratulations, that's going to keep you sober. They may not, they, your, your kids might be 32, may not call you for a month, but when they call you, you're going to want to be there for them. And it's in that moment that you take that drink that they're probably going to call you and need something. So the why needs to be internal. It's internally motivated. You can be inspired by other people, but you want to be motivated by yourself. Number two, break down a higher standard into detailed and achievable steps. Break down a higher standard into detailed and achievable steps. This is like a SMART goal right? Specific, um, maintainable. I actually had to pause and go back and just make sure it's specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. This is the kind of specifics we're looking for, for you to begin to set your standards. So you want them detailed, specific, measurable, achievable. These are important. Is it relevant to what's going on in your life? Is it time bound? You can Google SMART goals. You can see that list for yourself. 
it, it's it's one thing to you know to say um, you know okay let's say you want to lose some weight because this is the example Ed Mo, the author Ed Millette from The Power of One More where I've taken this from this is the example he gives about let's say you wanted to lose some weight well if you just say well you know I'm going to go running today and I'm going to go to the gym that's not specific I'm going to run a mile and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do um, two bicep exercises two tricep exercises and two chest exercises and they are curls and, um, and, uh, you know, the cable machine, and then there are going to be some press downs and some extensions. And then I'm going to do incline and decline chest, right? That's specific. I'm going to do 10 reps of each for three sets, right? So that the last couple reps of each set are really difficult to get. Okay. That's specific. You want specific. You've got to break down your higher standard into detailed and achievable steps. And that leads us to number three, be honest with yourself, right? This is the example he also gives in the book. If you're 55 years old and you're 350 pounds and you say, well, okay, I'm going to run five miles today, you're not being honest with yourself. Yes, you might want to get up to five miles, but if previously you're 55 years old, 350 pounds, and the last time you walked to the mailbox without driving your car there was seven years ago, telling yourself you're going to run five miles today is going to explode your heart. You be honest with yourself. If part of your standards is that you want to be able to go into a place that alcohol is served and enjoy it with your friends, but you're only on day three, you're not being honest with yourself. Don't let your ego get in the way of setting realistic goals. I like to set at very realistic, realistic, realistic and achievable goals. So I actually can check them off the list. I can set another goal tomorrow. If my goal today is to be able to jump rope for two straight minutes doing the boxer step, right, and I'm, and then I nail it, great. Tomorrow can be two minutes and ten seconds. It doesn't have to jump right to three minutes, right? At the end of at, at the end of you know uh, of six days, I will be up to three minutes if I raise it every ten seconds every day, and that's awesome. And this is one of the things I've done to get better at jump roping. It's not, I don't just want to jump rope. I've been watching Lauren jumps off of Instagram and TikTok. And uh, so I've been learning how to do it. And I've watched some other videos. It's a new skill I'm picking up. Just, just to, And eventually I'm going to release a bunch of videos on social media so you can see how I've gone through the process. And what I really wanted to do was show people how motor habits, how muscle memory is created and how it, it takes some time to get there. But if you're consistent, you know, and I jump rope three to four times a week for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, in between sets at the gym and stuff like that. I don't necessarily do it all the way through. But I was honest with myself when I first started. I was like, can you even jump rope for 30 seconds without catching this rope on the back of your head or underneath your feet? And then I slowly but surely added on it. But I made the goals achievable so that I could say, "Ah, yes, score, I did it for a minute. It's like a plank. I've worked up to doing a three-minute plank, and that's an ab exercise. But when I first started doing it, I was like, can you just do 30 seconds? Then can you do 40 and then can you do 50? And every couple of days, I'd raise it up 10 seconds, and then boom, after a month, I'm well above three minutes. But I set achievable goals, and I was honest with myself. I hadn't jumped roped in years. I hadn't done a plank in like nine months. So I was like, I'm, let's be honest with myself, and let's start off by setting a low goal. I can hit it, and if I achieve it real easily, then great. Tomorrow, I can raise it up 10 seconds, 20 seconds the next day, and the next, and the next. Right, And so this leads us to number four, get help in areas where you're weak. 
If you're wanting to work out, go get a workout buddy. Go sign up for a program. I'm a huge fan of Kino Body, K-I-N-O Body, or Athlean X. Off the, and they, they both do things on the internet. It's not too hard to find them. Huge fan of both. I've, I use both their programs. Athlean X and, and Kino Body, K-I-N-O Body, Athlean. It's like athlete, but with the word lean in it, X. Um, Jeff and Greg are their names. Absolutely huge fan of both of their works. They bring really well thought out programs. So when I go to the gym, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what my rest times are. I know exactly what my rep limits are. And I'm seeing growth in every single aspect because I stick to it. Three days a week, it's hardcore. Two days a week, it's going in there and just stretching things out. And I eat healthy day in and day out. And I'm reaching my achievement. I'm reaching my goals because I set my standards. Oh, I'm I'm feeling a little fluffy. Great. Lower my calories down to 1,750 for a couple weeks and, and shed off five to seven pounds. I didn't know how to do all of this. And so because it was a quote unquote weakness, I didn't have the knowledge, right? It's not really a the lack of knowledge isn't a weakness. It is just something that can be absolutely achieved just simply by searching out for it. So when you find that there are certain areas where you were less knowledgeable, that's I would change the word that the author used instead of saying get help in areas where you're weak. I'd say get help in areas where you're less knowledgeable. Go find somebody who has done it before and then follow what they've done for a little bit. Learn it the way they teach it and then start to change it to ways that maybe more suit your needs. I've got shoulder and knee issues, so I can't do the workouts the exact same way that Jeff and, and Greg show them. But I certainly do them first with light weights and see how it feels and then slowly but surely work up. And if it gets to a point where it becomes uncomfortable, I start to feel some nerve issues, then I shift the exercise to better benefit what my body can actually do. It's the same thing with the alcohol and the drugs. You release it, right? You want to be honest with yourself. You can only be sober one day at a time. And if you find areas that you're less knowledgeable in, perhaps it's how to release trauma, perhaps it's how to let go of the past, perhaps you want to go through the 12 steps, that's why you find a sponsor, a mentor, a coach, a therapist. That's how you begin to shift your standards because the people who are guiding you, who become your sponsor, your mentor, your coach, or your therapist, they have very high standards. That's how they've achieved those titles. That's how I've achieved the things that I have because I set my standards in order to make those goals achievable. Number five is you can use technology to set and maintain your standards. Right? You can write things down. I know a lot of people journal that way, and that's great. That's powerful. I love that you do that. I'm a big fan of typing. So I put everything into my Apple Notes, and then I can get it on my Mac, my iMac, my phone, my iPad. I can, I can locate all of my notes anytime I want them. And because I set up all of my days under a priority four focus list, um, I journal within that to talk about what I was feeling and what was going on. All right, so you can tap into technology. Right? You want to know that you're burning a certain amount of calories, you can get a Fitbit, you can get an Apple Watch, you can you know, keep your phone in your back pocket, it'll count your steps. You can get the Nomo app and you can count how many days you've been sober. Uh, there's a couple others that are, are, that are always on Instagram that I can't remember right now. One of them I wrote an article for. Uh, how am I not remembering that right now? Anyway, anyways, you can use technology. There's a ton of ways technology can help you. If there's something that you're looking to do, again, you go to YouTube and learn things. Use technology to set and maintain your standards. Number six, give dedicated thought to the relationship between your goal and your standards. Right? And then the author goes on to talk about how Venus and Serena Williams didn't go out there and play tennis a couple of times a week, all melancholy and chill. They went out there and beat the shit out of that tennis ball. Do you really want to be 
your highest sense of self, then you want to set your standards high so that they challenge you. And again, if you first couple of days, weeks, a month, you're clipping through your goals because you made it to just walk you know, a thousand steps and you do that no problem. And then every day you raise it to a hundred, eventually you're going to get to 10,000 and that will be more difficult. But there's this really cool story I read, um, in a, um, oh, it was some philosophical book. So a king is inviting the people in the village to come and introduce themselves to him. And his uh, lieutenant is standing next to him. And this uh, pig farmer comes up and is just gigantic and huge. And the king is like, wow, look at this specimen of a man. You clearly have been touched by the gods. You are amazing. We should build a statue in your honor. And his lieutenant simply says, no, he just works in the field all the time. Um, that's not actually that special. He's just a, he's just a pig farmer. And the king's so angry that his lieutenant disagrees with him, throws him into the dungeon and gives him two little piglets to keep him company. And there's this big, huge stairwell that leads from the bottom of the dungeon to the doorway out of the dungeon. And so his lieutenant just picks up those pigs and every single day uh, to keep himself sane and healthy, just walks up and down the stairs with these two piglets. And a year later, the king goes down to get him to see if the lieutenant's learned anything. And the lieutenant is gigantic and beastly. And the pigs are equally gigantic and beastly. And he goes up and he's like, how did you achieve this over the last year? I had you locked in a dungeon. And he goes, I just picked up the little piglets. And every single day I walked up and down the stairs with them. And as they grew, my strength grew with them. So after a while, I didn't even notice that they were 50 pounds heavier each. I had just grown with them. Now I paraphrased, and I probably didn't make that story as exciting as it is in my head because I can absolutely picture it. But the point is, is that you start off doing things with little piglets. As the piglets grow, you will grow with the piglets. You will begin again. You will get stronger to carry those piglets because each and every day you are growing along with the piglets. So when you start to think about your relationship between your goals and your standards, yes, at first you might be setting your daily goal of walking at something super achievable like a thousand steps. But if every day you raise it up a hundred, right, it's only going to take 90 days for you to get it to 10,000. And you might think, well, that's a long time. Yeah, but would you rather be walking 10,000 steps in 90 days? or still walking barely a thousand 90 days later because you never even tried to go out there and start walking. All right? Some people are like, no, I'm going to start walking 10,000 steps a day right now. That's great. All right? That is absolutely great. Habituate that. But if life gets in the way of that and you haven't turned it into a long-term habit, you might find yourself not walking for three, four, five days because you don't have time for 10,000 steps, but you absolutely have time for 3,000 steps. I'd rather get I'd rather get 3000 steps in a day than no 1000 steps in a day simply because my goal was 10000 and so my brain says well if you can't get 10 why even bother I'd rather get the 3 and then tomorrow see about making time for the 10 so set your your standards in order to achieve your goals make sure you understand that relationship low standards produce low results that's just the way that it is forget perfection right I have been talking about this forever. Perfection is the lowest common denominator. And here he says it's the lowest standard. I honestly think when I hear people say I'm a perfectionist, I know that they say that thinking that they're like hanging their hat and building a pedestal in their honor. I, that's not what I hear. 
what I hear is I diddle daddle and, and fiddle around and screw with things for long, long, long times. And I never actually execute and put anything out there because I'm so afraid that those who will see it, the audience that will participate in it will judge it and they will see it as being less than, and then it's going to knock on my ego. Screw your ego. Your ego is what got you here to begin with. Perfection doesn't exist. Progress exists. There is somebody out there right now who thinks the Mona Lisa is the ugliest painting on the history of time and they wouldn't wipe their ass with it. Yet there are millions of people who consider it to be one of the best paintings of all time. There is no perfection. There are people who have criticized Mona Lisa's smile and her hair. There are people who've called Mona Lisa fat. Back in the day when Mona Lisa was painted, being uh, having that much weight on your body was a sign of wealth because most people were starving to death. So having a little weight on you showed wealth. It showed uh, prosperity. But it's funny, in this day and age, people are like, ah, I think she's a little chunky. She should have hit the gym. Did she have orange theory back then? I definitely think that she should have gotten on the row machine. She... <laughs> Back then, villages were just happy when a day went by without a bunch of roving band of marauders and swords coming through and hacking them all up for the minuscule amount of food that they were able to pull out of the dying soil. So how about we all pump our brakes and realize that no matter how beautiful you might think the Mona Lisa is, perfection doesn't exist. Somebody out there thinks that it's not all that. So why are you even trying to reach perfection? Leonardo da Vinci paints the Sistine Chapel and God and man are sitting there getting ready to touch fingers. I guarantee you there's somebody who thinks that that is a crap-ass work of art. Perfection doesn't exist. If you say that you're a perfectionist, you are literally setting yourself up for failure. It is going to be painful and you are going to look back on your life and wonder why you were always getting ready to get ready to start. Perfectionist, it is not a title you want for yourself. Release it. Number eight, don't overthink it. Look, we want to be well thought out, right? The author writes that we want to be diligent and thorough. But seriously, put your ego aside. Put your ego aside and just figure out something to do today for one minute. What's something you can do for one minute to get your blog written? One minute you know, to be more healthy in the gym. One minute to have a more loving relationship. One more minute to clean your house. One more minute, something. What is, the, what is one minute of something that you can do? People have these grandiose ideas. Hell, how long have you had the idea of being sober and, and, and releasing alcohol and drugs? Now, for those of you who are already in long-term recovery, how long were you thinking about quitting before you actually did? It was the overthinking of it. Well, what am I going to do on a Friday night? What are my friends going to think about me? What if I have a kid and they turn 21 and then they graduate college and I want to drink at their wedding? Oh my goodness, what about my 21st birthday? What about my 42nd birthday? I want to be able to drink on my 50th birthday, right? You're overthinking it. I have gone to hundreds of very memorable memorable family occasions and events with uh, with friends and, and, and businesses of the like. And I remember them and I had a blast at them. I am a bit socially awkward. I do not always feel like I fit in. I have some social anxiety. Actually, I have a lot of social anxiety. I went to an addiction recovery event called uh, For Not One More Alabama recently over at um, Dido Landing. And I didn't know anybody there. And I got I called up one of my friends and he came out and visited and because he was also in addiction recovery. I met him at the Alabama CRSS training. And I just hung around with him and his girlfriend and her friend the entire time with my girlfriend because I knew him. That was comfortable. 
I wanted to be around people I knew that I felt comfortable with. My social anxiety, I, I had something in common with all those people. They all had addiction in their lives, whether in their families or themselves. But yet I still stuck with the people that I knew. I was just feeling very full of social anxiety that day. And so I just didn't feel like stepping outside of myself and going off and making new friends. I started to overthink it and I let fear get in, right? Like, oh, I'm going to have the perfect conversation instead of just progressing by meeting new people. That's on me. I'll be mindful of that next time. I overthought it. So I need to get over myself. I need to release my ego, stop focusing on the minutia, you know, the the inconsequential, and just go up and start saying, hi, my name is Jesse. I'm in addiction recovery. How are you? Whatever I would say. Right? Thinking is good. Overthinking is bad. This is what Tom Rigsby and I talk about all the time, that planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. You want to have a plan. Planning is priceless. But the plans, once they start going into execution mode, things are going to begin to influence them. And you're going to have to build some flexibility in to your plan so that you can begin to shift with the external influences. Because if you hold onto your plan with a death grip, right, and then all of a sudden external forces start showing you other ways to do it, but nope, 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 I put too much time into this plan, so I'm going to follow it to a T. You're missing out on the divinity that is just the miraculousness of the flexibility of life. Number nine, set standards to please yourself. This goes all the way back up to what's motivating you to be sober. This goes all the way back up to your big why, right? You want to set these standards for yourself. If you set them for other people and they don't give you the feedback, they act like it doesn't matter one day, they don't answer your text as fast, they don't pat you on the back and give you all the love that you seek, right? And then all of a sudden it creeps into your head, well, if they don't even care, why the fuck am I doing this? then you're you're setting yourself up for failure. But if you set the standards to please yourself, then you can look in the mirror. And even if everybody around you isn't happy with the fact that you no longer hang out with all your old friends from high school and college, and you're not always at the lake with everybody getting drunk and doing blow, right? They can say whatever they want to say about you, right? They can be upset that you got out of the bucket. They can be jealous of your new life. They can be whatever they want to be. That is not your problem. Their emotional, ego-driven reasons and excuses for why they want to be who they want to be are no longer going to tempt you to go back to who you used to be. These standards are for you. This is your journey. This has been your journey. You set standards that made sure you stayed in alcohol and and addiction for years. I'd be willing to bet if you were to go back and really look at it, there's friends from high school and college who stopped hanging out with you, who went their own path who got a promotion at work, who got married, who had kids, who bought a house, got a mortgage, got a boat, got an RV, started traveling, started doing awesome stuff with their life. Do you look upon them with disdain? If you do, you need to check yourself because what they did was they made a decision for themselves. They set standards to please themselves and then they went off and created the life that they desired for themselves. If anything, you might want to call them up, make amends if you need to, and then start asking them questions on how they did what they did. Go back to number four, get help, in, get help in areas where you are less than knowledgeable. You're setting standards to please yourself. What is so powerful about this discussion that we've had about setting standards and to repeat them for you, um, understand your why, break down your higher standards into detailed and achievable steps, be honest with yourself, get help in areas where you are less knowledgeable. Use technology to set and maintain your new standards. 
give dedicated thought to the relationship between your goal and your standards. Forget perfection, don't overthink it, and set standards to please yourself. Follow these, and your life will grow. The Power of One More is a tremendous book. I'm loving it. I'm actually going to do a huge breakdown of the book and put it over in the hub for all the members of the tribe who've joined the hub. It's something I'm very excited about doing. Um, I've decided to dedicate one month, one month to one book, and I'll listen to it on Audible, and then I'll go back and read it, and then I'm going to break the whole thing down and make it into some super detailed notes, and then I'm going to put it over on the hub so people can go back and they can be able to utilize it, whether you've listened to it or read it yourself, now you'll have very detailed notes. And when I say I take detailed notes, I take some sick detailed notes. I mean, over-the-top notes. That's why one book a month. Because honestly, I tried to read a book a week one time, and I realized I wasn't really um, applying any of it, right? Because I was taking in information so fast that what was I really doing with it? You hear about these CEOs who read three or four books a month. Well, I mean, that's great. If you have the memory and the mind that can you know, take all that in and absorb it, mine, it tends to want to really, you know, it's, it's like the way I eat sugar and desserts. I really allow that to roll around on my tongue. I eat desserts extremely slowly. So if I'm going to take in the calories and teeth don't taste, I want to keep that sugar on my tongue as long as possible. It actually allows me to eat smaller bites of, of, of desserts, smaller pieces of cheesecake, because I can take a two-inch by two-inch square of cheesecake, and I can make it last 45 minutes. Set it down, take a little time, drink some water, cleanse the palate, allow the sugar to sort of absorb into my system. A few minutes later, take another tiny little bite. Some people want to sit there and just woof, woof, woof. Four bites in, the cheesecake's gone. I believe that my way of eating it slowly and really letting the sugar absorb on my tongue and just it just you know really allow that sugar to manipulate my tongue and my taste buds. I believe that I I'm actually enjoying that dessert more than just it's like somebody who eats a whole bag of Skittles in like ten bites in under two minutes. Like I've seen people eat a Snickers bar in about the amount of time that it takes a commercial break to end. Not me. I want to savor that. This is why I break. This is why I, I take in books slowly, because I want to be able to actually absorb them and enjoy them and apply them and evaluate them. It's one of my standards I've set for myself. So if there was going to be a tenth standard to set for myself, right, a tenth thing to be aware of, it would it would for me it would be be mindful to evaluate my standards regularly. Ask myself, are my day-to-day actions, are the habits that are making up 99% of my life leading me to where I want to go? And when when they're not, when I catch myself yelling at my girlfriend, when I catch myself sleeping in, when I catch myself eating, you know, sugar seven nights in a row, when I catch myself only going to the gym twice in one week and half-assing it when I'm there, then I say, okay, well, what was going on in my life? What was I allowing to affect my behavior? Is that something that I could control? Or is it just something that was happening internally? Is it something that I can work on, discuss with myself, journal about, discuss on the podcast? What was going on inside of me that caused me to behave that way? whether it was the yelling or eating too much sugar or not trying hard enough at the gym or skipping a week of podcasts or not calling up addiction recovery centers to go speak there, what was it? Was it fear? Was it anxiety, stress, guilt, shame? 
lack of self-confidence, lack of self-esteem, what was it? Now that gives me something to talk to myself about. Now that gives me something to journal about. Now that gives me something to talk about on the podcast. So make sure you're evaluating your standards and your goals and yourself and your habits regularly. And don't beat yourself up whenever you find yourself living a less than life. Ask yourself, what are you willing to change today? And what are you no longer willing to tolerate? When you can really be this aware of yourself, it's when you step into that level of awareness. And when we talk about awareness, and I'll, okay, I'll get you out of here on this. When we talk about awareness, one of my favorite ways to increase my awareness of myself is to begin to increase my awareness of my environment. I'll stare out my window in my office and I'll count the squirrels. I'll follow them as they run through the trees. I'll look for the red bird or the blue bird that are landing on the branch that are looking at the bird feeder. I will look for the little chipmunks. I'll watch the butterflies fly past my window. I'll notice the stick that just fell off into the woods or I'll notice the deer as they're walking up rather than just right when they're at the window. When I want to be more aware of myself, I start by becoming more aware of my environment. When I go for my 10,000 step walks every day, which I usually break up into three separate 3,300 step walks, I look around. I watch my environment. I see if I notice anything new about the houses I'm passing. See if I notice anything new about their yard or the trees that have fallen or the sticks that they've gathered up at the end of their driveway. I start getting very observant of my environment. The more I can stop all the noise in my mind from trancing me out on those walks and I can become super aware of my environment, the more I can actually internalize my awareness towards me. So try that next time if you think that you have some awareness um, skill work to do for yourself. Start paying attention to your environment and watch how more aware of your own self you become. As always, friends, as always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives because we wake up sober. When we wake up sober, congratulations, you are on your journey. Shout out to Sunshine Glow On. I'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.